the caretaker, the creator, the everyman, the innocent, the explorer, the warrior, the rebel, the magician, the lover, the trickster, and the sage. Those are the 12 Jungian archetypes that we have gone over over the past three weeks. And this week we're going to talk about shadow work techniques. And I want to start off by saying that if at any point during your shadow work or working with your shadow, you feel you're in over your head and that you need professional guidance, please do that for yourself. There are so many awesome resources for online therapists or just even resources for you to call in and talk, text and talk, anything like that. I know there's a stigma around mental health issues and seeing a therapist, but I think we're slowly combating those stereotypes and making it more acceptable to talk about mental health openly. And when you're working with your shadows, that is definitely in the realm of mental health. So if you dive into this and you start uncovering things and you think, "Uh, maybe I'm not as equipped for this as I thought, or I'm starting to dig up things that I didn't remember, and you're remembering all these really traumatic memories and stuff like that, please do yourself a favor, do yourself the kindest thing you can do, and see a therapist. I think everybody at some point in their life should see a therapist, just just because I think we all have our traumas, we all have our hardships, and they're all valid. So I really do think that mental health is important, and it's not as stereotyped, or it doesn't have that stigma that it used to, and it never should have had it in the first place, to be clear because we all have a brain, we all have emotions, and we all need to take care of that brain and those emotions just like we do our bodies and our appearance. They are just as important and they are just as valid. So if you are journeying through shadow work, I applaud you. And if you recognize that you need a little extra help and a little extra boost through it, I double applaud you for seeking that out. All right. Now that my mental health and safety disclaimer is out of the way, let's jump into some of the shadow work techniques and ways that you can work with your shadow to integrate it into your consciousness. The first and biggest technique is simple. It's identification of the parts of yourself that need healing and a dedicated effort to do that for yourself. This step is easy. It's literally that easy. It's just the willingness to work with the darker parts of yourself and persevere through it and love yourself wholly. If you're at that point and you decide, you know, I want to be the best version of myself, the most powerful, confident, badass version of myself, then you, my friend, have accepted your shadow's invitation for integration. And that's literally the first step to shadow work is wanting to do shadow work. I know that sounds so simple, but being aware, awareness and being cognizant that, hey, I'm not perfect and hey, I have things I need to work on. That is so important. So literally, that's the first step. That is the first technique is just being aware that there are things that you need to work on and then actively wanting to work on them, pursuing, taking action towards working on them. We already know the different shadow archetypes, and those are super helpful when doing this work, but your shadow will most likely be a blend of a bunch of different variables and experiences you've had in your life. And you most likely have a a clue as to what your main shadows already are, 
even without the archetype labels, and the archetypes are just a tool. They're a really helpful tool that help us categorize things in our minds, and they allow us to paint a really clear picture of our subconscious world. If you are not someone who is used to working with your subconscious, or you've never really meditated, or you've never really taken psychology or explored that part of you, then it can be hard to understand what the subconscious is or how you deal with it, paint a picture of it. So these archetypes, remember, you have all 12. You have all 12 of them at all points in time. They are you. You are them. But there are going to be some that are bigger and some that are smaller, some that are more prominent and some that are a little more dormant, some that are shadows, some that are integrated. And they're really just a helpful tool that allows you to organize those parts of your personality. Some people might need them, some people might not. I personally like them because I am more intellectually and mentally minded than emotionally or intuitively minded. So I like categories, I like labels, I like looking at things through that lens. But if you don't, and if you don't need them, then that's okay too. Don't feel like you have to put yourself in those boxes to do shadow work because you don't. It's just a really helpful tool. And also, Shadow work comes from Carl Jung. I really wanted to give you all the background of what shadow work is and that term that gets thrown around so much. So the first exercise I recommend doing in order to identify the needs of your shadow is free writing or auto writing. This is basically journaling without intention. You just literally let yourself write. Don't worry about the grammar, your handwriting, spelling, or any of those other things that you get hung up on when you have a nice new fresh journal. Forget it. Throw those out the window. Simply let yourself write out your stream of consciousness. Literally anything that comes to your mind, let it flow through the pen and onto the paper. Think of your thoughts and emotions that are all jumbled up in your head as a ball of yarn. And you're doing this auto writing exercise to uh, slowly pull on that string. The string is slowly being pulled and unraveled as you start to write it out. That's what you're imagining here, and that's what's happening. You're just letting it flow. And the first couple times you do this, it's going to be like word vomit through a pen. You are just going to go, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to just be nasty, and it's going to look like chicken scratch. If you're doing it right, if you're just letting it flow, that's what it's going to look like. And you're going to be like, whoa. And you will feel the emotion from that paper after you're done writing. And if you're doing this exercise truthfully and being honest, you're also going to start thinking of things that might scare you. Emotions you don't want to admit that you have and all those thoughts that you try to hide in the closet are going to start to have a voice. Do not shy away from them. Write them down. Bring those unsavory thoughts and feelings to life. Validate them. In doing so, you're recognizing your shadow and you're starting to bring it into the light little by little. Every unsavory thought you write down, everything that you try to push away or not think about, when you put it on the page, it makes it concrete and it brings it to life and it gives your shadow validity. It's saying, I see you, I hear you, I understand you, and I'm working on you. This isn't something you're going to do just once. This is an exercise you do anytime you're feeling overwhelmed or like you're starting to feel your shadow act up or if your shadow's knocking on the door, that's when it says, hey, I need you to hear these things. Listen to this message, please. Integrate it. And then you just start writing. 
you need to keep validating your shadow by saying, I see you, I see us, we are one, we will work through this. These writings are for you and for you only, by the way. There's no need to share them with anyone else. And that's why I say, don't be afraid to write down those really nasty thoughts, those really taboo thoughts that I'm not supposed to say that or you can't say that. That's not something you're supposed to think. Like, that's crazy. No, write it down. Get it out. Because you know what? The subconscious world is the wild west. (laughs) Like, things get crazy in there and you need to get it out. You need to unravel that ball of yarn because you're not going to share these with anyone. In fact, it can be really cathartic to uh, burn the writings after sitting with them and really analyzing what your subconscious is trying to say to you. And of course, please burn them safely, (laughs) preferably in a fire safe, you know, bin or outside or in a fireplace. Personally, I think it's very cathartic to really write all that out, look at it, read it. Don't just write it and then never look at it again. You need to face it. It's like when you look in the mirror and you say affirmations. This is the same thing. This is you writing out your worst fears, all the things you don't like about yourself, the things you don't like about other people. That's ultimately a mirror of yourself. And just anything, someone that has wronged you, the revenge you want, all of those unsavory things, you write them down. And then you look at that piece of paper and you analyze, okay, what shadow is this? What can I do to heal this? What can I do to integrate it? And then if you no longer want that energy around, you no longer want that paper around, burn it. Get rid of it. Once you have seen the lessons that your shadow is trying to tell you, burn it. And I promise you, it will be a very cathartic experience. Another exercise I recommend for shadow integration is affirmations or something I like to call changing the script. And I don't want to hear any moans and groans over this one. I know affirmations get a bad rap and people think they're hokey and very new agey. And I think there's a little bit of truth in that because people just think I'm going to say, I am whole, I have money. I am whole and have money now. And that's not how it works. But I am here to tell you that if you do these the right way and you really believe in what you're saying and You also use physical means to work towards those affirmations and changing the script that they do indeed work. The only catch is you have to fully believe in that reality. I'm a reality bender. Um, I haven't mentioned that much, but that's something that I'm starting to share more with other people because it's working so well for me in my personal life that I feel it would be almost a detriment to not share it with everyone. So, Reality bending is basically, I don't even know how to describe it, basically pushing the reality that you want, creating that reality that you desire. And that's what you're doing with this shadow work exercise. You're basically doing reality bending light. So let's, let's go for an example here. Say you have a sister or a friend who you're always jealous of because they've always been the perfect one, the pretty one, the smart one. They have it all. Well, you can face those feelings and that jealousy head on. Instead of having a lacking mindset where you say, Stacy's so perfect, why can't I be like that? Or I'll never be like that. Just change the script. Look at what you envy. Ask yourself why you envy it 
and know that you can have it too should you actually desire it. This is basically just about changing the way you speak to yourself and recognizing that your words not only have weight, but they literally create your reality. This is what I'm talking about with reality bending. You need to start having positive conversations with yourself. You need to uh, look at the way you speak to yourself or about yourself to other people or just in general and change it. If you say, I don't think I could do that or I don't have time to get around to that, you need to change it. You say, I could do that. I can do that. I am doing that. It's best to speak in an I am like it has already happened. So again, you're jealous of Stacy because uh, whatever reason. Because I don't, I don't even know why you'd be jealous of Stacy, but say you are. <laughs> say she got a new purse and you're real jealous of it. I'm not very good at jealousy. I'm not a very jealous person. So you can tell this example is very poor. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So we're jealous of Stacy because of her new purse. Got it. And instead of focusing on the fact that you don't have a new purse, focus on the fact that you will and do. You are actively working towards that. It's like, I, you don't even say, I don't have one right now. Say, I have a new purse. And imagine it. Imagine that purse and what it looks like in all of its glory, and it will come to you. Create your reality, plant those seeds of intention, and then watch it flourish. It will happen. And you have to take steps in the physical. Yes, shadow work requires that. It definitely requires you to take steps in the physical because we're living in a physical world. But if you truly believe in that reality, the physical steps will just happen naturally. We'll have better examples as we go through the episode than Stacy's purse, I promise. But for now, let's move on to forgiveness. This is another key part of shadow work. So forgiveness of yourself always comes first. We can forgive other people as we heal, but we can't begin to heal and integrate our shadow if we don't forgive ourselves for past mistakes. Being able to forgive yourself is a great and amazing tool but it is also not a reason to spiritually bypass things. This is not meant to be used so that you can be a shitty person and then just forgive yourself. No, no. You forgive yourself and then you learn those lessons and then you move forward. But if you don't start with yourself, then you can't forgive anyone else. Again, you first and then we can forgive other people as we heal. Like I said in the beginning, these techniques need to be worked with and used from an honest and pure place. If we are not using these techniques purely and honestly and being really open and vulnerable, then they're not going to work. And you shouldn't be afraid to be vulnerable because it's literally just you. You're working with you. If you can't be vulnerable with yourself, then that's when you need to possibly seek more help to uh, help yourself open up a little more. But you should be able to just free write. You should be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am you. That simple. Start there. I am you. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am you. You are me. We are one. And I'm going to integrate all of the parts that I love and all the parts that I don't love into one thing. And I will love it wholly. When we first started this series, I had mentioned there are a few astrological placements that you can look at to get a better grip on your shadow. And one of them was the moon. And that's the one we're going to focus on today. 
The moon deals with the matters of our subconscious, so we're literally working with moon matters. Now, I know I've never actually described moon matters and what it means, but it's like a threefold thing. It's that the moon matters, the matters of the moon, and then moon matters being subconscious matters. So that's just a little fun tidbit about <laughs> the podcast name. We're also going to look at the 12th house a little bit, just because I think it can also give us some interesting insight to our shadows. So uh, we're going to go through the moon signs at their lowest expression. And if you are using astrology to uh, look at your shadows at all, you should always look at the placement from its lowest expression because shadows are low expression. <laughs> they are the, the shadow parts of us. They're the skeletons in the closet, the parts that we don't like, the quote-unquote bad parts. So they're not going to be the high expression, the good qualities. So that's why if you're looking at your moon, if you're looking at Saturn, Chiron, any of those placements I talked about, think of it from its lowest expression point. Also be mindful of the house your moon is in because that plays a part as well. And I will use my Aries moon in the seventh house as an example for this. We're going to go through the moon signs now and uh, look at all of them in their lowest expression. So Aries moon. Anger, aggression, uncontrollable emotions, irrational emotions, and irrational responses to others, needing things to go their way, white-hot flare-ups, my way or the highway attitude, and impulsive. My moon is Aries. It is in the seventh house. I can be combative with others, especially close relationships. I have told you with my shadows, the magician, I have a hard time forming those really close bonds. And it's because I can be um, aggressive. I can be uncontrollable and unpredictable if my shadow is rearing up. This is why I do shadow work. This is why I meditate and practice stoic philosophy, because I know that my emotions are erratic. And it's not just erratic, it's aggressive. It's anger. And uh, yeah, so I know a lot of people might see me as cold or distant. But that's not the case. It's just that I, my emotions are a caged animal and it's best to keep it caged because if you poke that bear, you're not going to like what happens. <laughs> so it's best for me to just keep a handle on it. And I know that. So I do that. I try my best anyway. Taurus moon, possessive, overly rigid, overly cautious, not wanting to try new things, being bound to their routines uptight, clingy, and obsessively emotionally stubborn. Gemini moon, flighty, flaky, superficial, chaotic and disorganized, scatterbrained, not able to focus, emotionally shallow, verbally manipulative, sly, sweet talker, and uh, just really a schmoozer, just to get what they want. Yeah, they'll definitely schmooze you to get what they want. Cancer moon, self-pity to the max, mood swings, along with the moon's phases, inconsistent emotions, needy, possessive, critical of themselves and others, tend to nag or complain for the sake of doing so without taking action to fix the problem. Leo moon, self-obsessed, self-absorbed, conflated sense of self, conceited, pushy and overbearing. They think they should always be in charge and become upset when others show leadership qualities. They tend to pout or bully others when things don't go their way. Very vindictive. Virgo moon, 
high-strung and stressed out about anything and everything, cold, standoffish, critical mostly of others. Actually, they're pretty critical of anything. (laughs) They'll criticize anything. Low self-confidence, think they're the worker bee and not the queen bee. And definitely hypochondriac tendencies. And that can even be emotional hypochondriac tendencies. Libra moon, indecisive, is anyone surprised here? Indecision, emotionally petty, frivolous, codependent, yet somehow really concerned with themselves (laughs) and will give in to any self-indulgence, unable to balance emotionally. Scorpio moon, secretive, very jealous, brooding, resentful, and has Lots of revenge fantasies, overbearing and domineering, meddling in other people's business or affairs, keeping really mundane things a secret just for the sake of keeping secrets. Sagittarius moon, over-the-top emotions, extravagant way of expressing themselves that drowns out others, careless and uncommitted, irresponsible in general and with emotions, so they're just kind of irresponsible across the board, and then obnoxious. All Sagittarius placements are obnoxious, that's just how we are. Capricorn Moon. Opinionated. Micromanages their own feelings. And others' feelings. Emotions are a transaction. Materialistic, rigid in their routine. Having unrealistic expectations of other people and then blaming them when they let you down. Aquarius Moon. Unpredictable and flighty. Opinionated just to be opinionated and cause an argument. Careless in their delivery of sensitive topics, they generally don't know how to read a room. Aloof and emotionally distant. Pisces Moon. Often confused on what they think or feel. Generally out of touch with reality. Discontented and need to keep themselves busy. Basically, they can't relax and they don't know why. Indecisive and often intentionally vague when they describe things. Now, I know I just read all the moons to filth. But remember, that's because that's their lowest expression. This is when your moon, your subconscious world, is acting up, it's going buck wild, and it needs some attention. The other place I think can be helpful to look at to understand your shadows is the 12th house. The 12th house has to do with our subconscious world and is ultimately our undoing in this lifetime. To use this house for shadow work, you want to first see if there are any planets in the house. Look at what's going on in the 12th house and try to understand the dynamic of the planets there in general. If there's no planets, don't worry, because the other thing you'll want to do, whether you have planets there or not, is look at where the ruler of the house is in your chart. What I mean by this is, say you have Virgo in the 12th house. The ruler of Virgo is Mercury. So, then you find what house Mercury is in and see the significations there. So let's stick with this example. Virgo, 12th house, ruler is Mercury, Mercury is in the 10th house. This means the person may experience hardships or their undoing through their career or in a very public way. Feelings around their career not being good enough will crop up for them or them kind of being an imposter, having imposter syndrome. They may even work really hard to prove themselves publicly, and uh, then they end up ignoring their personal life, and then they isolate themselves as a result. That's just one example, and there's going to be tons of different combinations and how this could potentially play out. So I recommend really spending some time with your chart and getting to know 
the the moon and the twelfth house, and then also Saturn and Chiron and hard aspects in order to identify and work with your shadows. And remember, you're looking at all of them in their lowest expression because you're looking for the shadow. And I'm not going to go over Saturn, Chiron, or the hard aspects in this episode because I think I've given you enough to chew on. And also, they're going to get their own dedicated episodes sometime in the near future, and we'll talk about them and touch on the topic of shadow work again. I really hope that you give some of these shadow work techniques a try where you're auto-writing and you're really just trying to integrate these shadows into your conscious world. And then also the affirmations and changing the script, changing the way you talk to yourself. And then also the forgiveness, learning to forgive yourself so you can then forgive others. I know it's hard and I know it's weird, especially the affirmations part. People seem to get really hung up on that where they think it's weird to write those things down and it, it'll come into being, but I promise you it will. And I'm going to go into reality bending more because it's such an amazing topic and it has really changed my life, honestly. So yeah, those are the three main things. Auto writing, getting it all out, sorting through, pulling that, that string on that ball of yarn and unraveling your mind and then changing the way you speak to yourself, and then forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself for being an asshole sometimes. Forgiving yourself for being selfish or jealous, and recognizing that those are all human emotions and reactions, but that you don't have to be tied to them. You aren't bound to those. You can change. You can be a different person, and that's all you have to do is say, I'm a different person. That's not me. I don't know who that is anymore, because my shadow's integrated, and we're sitting here, and we're working together. So spend some time with your birth chart. Try to identify your shadows in it. You can really blend the psychology we've been talking about over the last couple weeks with astrology and see what overlaps. For instance, my Aries moon indicates my shadow via being impulsive and being prone to aggressive outbursts. The whole uh, my way or the highway attitude and doing whatever I want that's 100% the trickster. That is my trickster being like, I'm going to do what I want. Okay, bye. And I have gotten much better at that. I've recognized that I can still do what I want, but fill people in, allow people into my inner world, and they're not going to control me. They're not going to tell me what to do. It's still a learning process for me. And that's why I have a hard time connecting with people because I'm always nervous that they're going to try to control me or they're going to try to cage me in. They're going to not want me to be me because I'm a big personality. (laughs) You know, I have so much going on with Jupiter and I have all that fire in my chart. I'm a lot to handle and I know it and I'm not going to change. That's just it. I'm I'm going to be who I am because at the end of the day, I know I'm sweet. I'm I'm a big personality, but I'm sweet. I've uh, had to really learn that not everyone is out to change me. Not everyone is out to get me or I don't have to be aggressive. I don't have to put on that aggressive, intimidating persona to uh, scare people off. I can let people in and I can get to know them genuinely. And uh, sometimes it works out, which is pretty cool. My magician and my sage shadow comes out more through other placements. Not so much my moon itself but my moon squaring Saturn and my moon squaring Chiron. So those hard aspects. 
Both those aspects indicate a lack of being able to connect emotionally and being more intellectually driven. I'm constantly trying to uh, be more open towards my feelings and be a little bit more vulnerable. And yeah, it feels weird. Yeah, it feels awkward and I don't like it. And I think people are going to judge me or see me in a weird way. But whatever. That's just how I look at it. I'm like, you're not going to fit in every single place you put yourself because you're not meant to. The more authentic you act and the more authentic you are with yourself and others, the more people you'll find that mesh with you, that fit with you. So shadow work really not only helps you become a more whole person, but it helps you become the person you're meant to be and helps you find the people you're meant to be with. So to recap everything, once again, those techniques of free writing and uh, sorting through your subconscious and finding your shadows and identifying them. And then uh, reframing the way you speak to yourself. And remember, these are ongoing. You don't do it once. You are constantly going to have to be editing the way you talk to yourself, to others, all the time. You're going to catch yourself. At first, you might not be great at it because the way you speak to yourself might be so ingrained at this point, or the way you speak about yourself might be so ingrained. But if you just start by doing little things, you're going to start catching like, oh, I really do kind of talk bad about myself or, oh, I do put myself in a kind of negative light. And you're going to change that. And then you're going to see how the world around you changes. And then when you get a little more confident, you're going to start to be able to forgive yourself for all the things that you think are ugly, for all the things that you think are unworthy. You're going to forgive yourself for all of it. And then that's ultimately going to lead to forgiveness of others. That, my sweet babes, is Shadow Work 101. It was quick, it was dirty, but we got through it. We've learned about what shadow work actually is and a little bit about where shadow work came from. You know, Carl Jung, he's the man. The 12 archetypes, and then just a few techniques to start shadow integration. Those are not all of the techniques by any means. Those are just three that I find work really well together. The auto-writing, the affirmations and changing the script, and then ultimately working on forgiveness of yourself. And again, you're going to do those fluidly again and again until it just really starts to stick. And then we also learned how to use astrology to help identify where shadows might be hiding. And I truly hope you got something out of this shadow work mini-series and that you understand shadow work better and you feel maybe a little bit better equipped to explore your subconscious like it's not such a scary place if you want more moon content before next week head on over to instagram at moonmatters.astro or twitter just at moon matters i will see all you moon babes next week 